1: Welcome to another episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, Naomi Gray of Fox 47 in Minnesota calls in and tells us her side of what's going on with the Minnesota Vikings. The Cali Chief and Talon Graff give their thoughts on the Chiefs strategy this Sunday. John Dillon reflects back on a memorable Super Bowl IV matchup between the Vikings and Chiefs that changed the NFL forever. But first, we start things off, as always, with Charles Goldman, the managing editor of the Chiefs Wire. Back with us, Chiefs Wire managing editor Charles Goldman. Okay, and I have to ask, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs letting the Packers game slip away? And also, should the Chiefs have made a trade at the deadline?
0: Yeah, you know, I I feel like the Chiefs, they did kind of let the Packers game slip away. Um, I'm actually one of the few people that, that thinks that Andy Reid kind of made the right decision on, on fourth down. Everyone was thinking, oh, fourth and three, you got to go for it. But, I mean, there are five minutes left in the game, and you're on your own 40-yard line. If you don't pick up that, that fourth down, you're turning the ball over practically in field goal range to the Vikings, and that would completely take you out of the game. Um, so so it it really you know with 5 minutes left you got to believe that your defense can get a stop especially cuz they've got a couple stops against Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers already but um you know it, it it got to the point late in that fourth quarter where you had so many injuries on the defensive line that guys just got worn down there's no rotation at all uh they they just didn't have enough bodies so um, it, it was really a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation for Andy Reid. I understand why he didn't trust the offense to go and get that done because he kind of came out and said it afterwards, after the fact. He was like, you yeah, know, I'm still, I'm still kind of learning uh, this offense with Matt Moore. I'm learning Matt Moore, what he's capable of, what he can do. So I, I, it doesn't shock me that he didn't have the confidence to go for it on fourth down there. Um, and you know it's a hindsight thing. Yeah, you probably after seeing what happened, you would go back and go for it on fourth down. Um, it, 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 you know to to hang in there with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers the way they did. I mean, you can't be disappointed in that type of a loss. But you got to start winning these home games. That's uh, that's really a big thing that'll come up, and you know I'll, I'll kind of cover that here a little later, but. Uh, you, you gotta get these these wins at home i mean this is three in a row now that they've dropped at home that's a that's a as far as the trade deadline is concerned a lot of people wanted the chiefs to to go out there and make a move they wanted this like feeling of all in with with the Super Bowl in mind obviously um but really you know you look back and the chiefs made some smart moves ahead of the season in terms of trades they they go out and they get Emmanuel Ogba, who's now their sack leader uh, for a player who I don't even know if Eric Murray is on the Browns roster. He certainly wouldn't be on the Chiefs roster right now. So you swap a player and end up getting your sack leader um, at the beginning of the the season there. I'm not sure how fans can be disappointed in that one. Then you go out, you trade Carlos Hyde, a running back that also probably wouldn't have made your team for a, a reserve guard who's come in and played pretty dang well. I mean, he he's looking like one of the better offensive linemen this team has. I'm not so confident that Andrew Wiley should get his job back over Rankin. So we're we're talking about acquiring these two pieces that really were quite good. Um you know they, they took the risk and they they traded a Late round pick for Darren Lee, and he hasn't panned out. But you know, those are the types of things you do. You you kind of take those shots early in the season um, when when trade value is at its lowest. And you know, the trade deadline. What we saw this year, everyone wanted teams to overpay. Everyone who had players to sell was trying to get the most out of it. The Jets, for instance, for Jamal Adams, they wanted two first round or a first round pick and two second round picks for uh for jamal adams. That that's insanity right there. I mean Jamal Adams, incredible player, great player, one of the best safeties in the league. I, I think he could have helped the Chiefs out. I think he could help a lot of teams out. But for that type of draft capital, y- you could use that and really reinforce your team in the upcoming draft. So um as much as I, I think, you know, fans wanted the movement, wanted the sense that, okay, we're going to go out and get a superstar player and really help this team. Um, it, it, it just wasn't, the cards weren't right for that to happen this year. It's possible down the line that they could do something like that. But this year, it just it just wasn't there. I, I think that they were smart to, to kind of hold back and to not go out there and overpay just for the sake of making a deal. Really, right now, what this team needs to do is get healthy because I, I mean, this is the, the most injury riddled season I've seen from a Chiefs team in a long time. So, uh, they, they need to get healthy, get some of these guys back out there, especially Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Alex Okafor. I mean, I, I can just I keep rattling off names that are important. You have some really important players that aren't there, Eric Fisher. I mean, you got some guys that are that that your team's built around that aren't uh, in the game right now because they're dealing with injuries. So the the best thing the Chiefs can do right now is win as many as possible along the way to getting healthy. What they really can't afford is just more of these ticky tacky injuries that aren't putting guys out for the season because they're they're the point where you know they're gonna have to start cutting good players just because the roster crunch because they need guys at other positions you might have to cut cut somebody this week that you don't want to cut because you need a punter or you need an extra defensive lineman um it's really the roster crunch is getting rough for the chiefs but uh as far as the trade deadline is concerned i think they're smart to to kind of stay out of that there what do you expect
1: from the chiefs in their week nine matchup with the Vikings?
0: So this next week, I'm kind of expecting that the chiefs are going to lay it all out there. You, you can't lose four straight games at home. The last time that happened for the chiefs was uh, Romeo Cornell's two and 14 season before Andy Reid got here. Um, the Arrowhead advantage used to mean something and it really doesn't. Teams aren't scared of coming to play the chiefs at Arrowhead anymore. And Uh, I I don't know if it's just because the the defense has struggled these past couple of years. Um, They're getting better, but it's just clear that it's not what it used to be. Uh, I'm not really sure what's behind that. But I I think this week the the Chiefs are going to pull out all the stops. Um, Kirk Cousins is not Aaron Rodgers. That's the best thing they got going for him this week. If they can force Kirk Cousins to have to beat them through the air, and if they can match up well with the receivers that the Vikings have, who are they got some pretty good receivers in Diggs and Stefan Diggs, and if Adam Thielen plays, I mean they got some really good guys. So if 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 that's the case, uh, and and you can get that done, then I think they can win this game. But I mean, it's still it's going to be a tough task. This hard, hard defense, hard offense. Uh, They're playing really good football right now. They've won four in a row, I believe. So uh, this 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 matchup, it's going to be a tough one for the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a close game when it's said and done, probably similar to the way it was last week. I just hope that we're on the other side of it and feeling a bit more confident about the direction that this team is headed.
1: As always, Charles, before we let
0: you go, are there
1: any stories from Chiefs Wire that you want to highlight from the past week?
0: As for the stories uh, on the website this week to, to highlight, we got some good stuff uh, the past couple days out there. If you're a fan of fantasy football, my goodness, Kevin Scott this past week, uh, his picks for, for fantasy football in week eight were great. So check out his picks for, for week nine. He does it so that you can kind of u- utilize them for redraft or – Um, if you have a dynasty league or if you're doing daily fantasy, um, these are, these are some guys you want to have in your lineup. Some of them, I I mean, obviously you, you'd probably want them in there. One this week is I believe Travis Kelsey. I think no, no one's, uh, uh, too shocked that you should have Trav in your lineup, but Hey, he didn't do so great last week. So he's hoping for a bounce back week here. Um, We've got some cool stuff on, on Matt Moore right now, um, on on Andy Reid and, and, and the Chiefs quarterback situation. Got some information on the, the gray throwback face masks that the Chiefs are wearing against the Vikings. You know, some fun in the spirit type of stuff for, for Halloween. Uh, check out the, the article uh, uh, costume of Andy Reid uh, for the punt pass kick competition. That is uh, a whole lot of fun. And uh, we should have some more good stuff coming this weekend. Uh, I really like the the prospects I have picked out this week for um, our prospect series. We're, we're up to, to our group 10, so um, keep an eye out for those uh, throughout the rest of the college football season. Speaking of that, I broke down earlier this week, DraftWire had their three-round mock draft predictions for the 2020 mock drafts. Excuse me, 2020 NFL draft. I I, I don't know. I I, I can't get behind these running back in the first round things that that are all out there right now. I just don't see that for the Chiefs. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I I like some of the other picks. And and hopefully we'll have some more good stuff ahead of the game on the weekend for you leading up to to this matchup uh, between the Chiefs and the Vikings. Anyhow, enjoy the rest of the episode and have fun.
1: For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable.
2: ho and hello, Chiefs Kingdom. We're back. We're going into week nine. Why am I so chipper? Because I feel great about our team right now. Did we just lose? Yeah, we did. Are we still leading the division? Yes, we are. Are my hopes up? Oh, higher than ever. Uh, Our defense, back-to-back weeks, getting after the quarterback, and this was one that's not so easy to get. Hassled them all day long, rushed them all over the field, and if not for him being who he is... (laughs) (laughs) giving us all a great reminder of how blessed we are because he was doing things like oh yeah that's right that's what we usually do to the other team i forgot what it's like to not have a guy like that getting kind of spoiled getting a little bit spoiled gotta be honest um last week i was without my uh partner in radio crime mr talon graff
3: he's back this week we missed you buddy what have you been up to yeah, I missed you too, man. Um, well, we're uh, we're our coach out here in Southern California. We're trying to make a late push for the playoffs. So we're, we've we been putting in a little extra hours in the office. And, hey, that was one of our goals at the beginning of the year was to make the playoffs because unless you make the playoffs, you can't win the whole thing. So get in and you get a chance. Nice, nice. Football's like poker that way. you got to have a chip in a chair. That's all you
2: got to have. And um, that's kind of the way I take things with the Chiefs right now because – we we're five and three. One we were supposed to get blown out in, without Patrick, and we challenged one of the best teams in the league, toe to toe the whole game. Even after spotting them a fourteen to nothing lead, that's what blew me away. I'm watching the game, going, I don't think red right of this. We're down fourteen 0 I still think something's coming. Something good is coming. We ended the half up seventeen to fourteen. I believe had we Patrick in the game that time, uh, we would have we would have started the uh, second half off with a score. And uh, hopefully put the throttle down on them. That didn't happen. That's okay. Matt Moore did a commendable job considering he was coaching high school quarterbacks nine weeks ago. <laughs> um, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. I still think he looks like a kid in a candy store out there. Just like, it's, it's this with these guys. It's this. All I got to do is get the ball to them and they just go do video game stuff. Okay. I think he's still trying to get used to that where he doesn't have to try to make everything happen. But yeah, this team, I feel like everyone's talking about the overimportance, And yeah, it's nice. It's a nice thing to have. Home field advantage, the bye week. All that's wonderful. This is a team that I don't care whose house it is, where we got to go, where we gotta, where the game's in Bulgaria. Okay, first round in wildcard in Bulgaria. Let's go. Give me, give me anybody from the last 30 years, and we'll take them on at their best. Once we get all of our guys back. I think the sky's the limit. What are your thoughts, sir?
3: Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Just the injury report that we have is just, I mean, it's a laundry list of guys Uh, and key guys, starters, Mm -hmm. who we rely on to be there and make plays. So the fact that we went out there not only without Patrick Mahomes, but without a number of key guys and we performed so well. Yeah. I never feel great after a loss, but I feel feel pretty good, Uh, better than I thought I would. But, I mean, the Packers are one of the hottest teams in, in the league right now. Yeah, their defense has struggled yeah. lately, and obviously that was amplified by Matt Moore's performance. Um, but, yeah, right now I think, you know, we, we, we kept our lead over the Raiders at a game and a half. You know, they're sitting 3-4, and four, mm-hmm. we're 5-3. and three. Um, Chargers, they won, so they're only a game back from Oakland, and, and then Denver, they're, they're the bottom feeders. But I think we, we're in a very good place right now in the division Uh, I think we have to still be the favorites I know the Raiders are kind of unpredictable right now and they've beaten some big teams they've lost to some not so good teams so I think right now I think we're head and shoulders above them so when we see them on the field I think we're you know we'll be fine but yeah yeah, I think this is definitely a playoff team I don't know if we do get a bye I don't know if we're gonna get that one or two seed but definitely a, a division winning playoff team right yeah, it was, it was funny. I was like
2: the Chargers should have lost. <laughs> Denver, Denver should have won. <laughs> the way those games played out, I was like, "What's going?" Oh, I remember. I remember when we were those teams when we couldn't, you know, get our stuff together at the end of the game when things just didn't go our way. Matt Nagy just letting 43 seconds. That's like forever, dude. You had a timeout left. You let 43 seconds go off the clock rather than maybe, I don't know, make it less than a 40-yard field goal. You already missed one at 33-yard GT <laughs> upright. Maybe inch closer. Maybe I don't know. Your quarterbacks look the best he's looked in about five weeks. Moving the football, your team's being aggressive. Maybe go with that and see if you can get a little closer. Or even who knows, score a touchdown. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe try to play some football instead of going. Let's play soccer ball. Let's just kick. <laughs> let's just kick and hope everything works out. Um, yeah, I mean, when they win, they're a hero, and when it doesn't work out, we all question it. Uh, a lot of people were questioning Andy in our game. Uh, I personally, five minutes to go. Uh, you got all three timeouts. The defense has been playing up a storm in moments and getting roasted in other moments. It just seems like it's kind of that high-risk, high-reward defense we've kind of got going right now with Spags. I like it myself. Put it this way, I think if we get Kirk Cousins on the ground six times, we're not losing that football game. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron was pulling all kinds of rabbits out of all kinds of hats, and that pass in the back of the end zone, I'm like... You can't tell me that nine times out of ten Williams doesn't just land on his face and drop that football in the back of the end zone. That's that's his catch of the season right there, um, and that's the difference in the football game. Shady's got to hang on to the ball, man. That's not he's not a fumbler in his in his career. That's not his thing. But the way he carries that football and it's, it looks
3: like it's catching up to him a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I mean that's the second time he's had a really costly fumble in the last few weeks. I uh, can't remember exactly. I think the other one was maybe the Colts. Um, Colts, yeah. But, yeah, you just can't have that from a guy that is a veteran. And it's, back in the day when he was, you know, a young stallion and, and he had that, I'll call it unique caring style, you know, it, it made him who he was kind of. But it's not good fundamental football when it boils down to it. And as nope. flashy as it might look, it's it's just not what you want from your starting running back. And you never know. We got the We got the Vikings team coming in that's
2: – They've been a little more consistent of late. Uh, They didn't score a ton of points this past week. They won, but they didn't score a lot of points, and they weren't playing a good team. That's the equivalent of what they normally would have in a loss against a good team, where they have had that in the past, that kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, great one week. Next week, where? What? Where's the beef? What's the, you know, I mean, Dalvin Cook looks legitimately for real. Uh, His backup, Madison, is no joke either. But I feel like I like our odds against these guys. Coming in our house At some point The spine's gotta stiffen, the pride's gotta get up And the team's just
3: gotta go Not today You're not beating us In our house Again We need a win In Arrowhead Yeah Yeah At some point I mean We What We only have one win Against the Ravens I believe uh, That's our only win In Arrowhead And uh that's just I'm not used to that I don't think the entire Chiefs kingdom is used to seeing the Chiefs have a losing record at home that used to be our bread and butter mm-hmm. I remember one year we we went eight no at home and that was such a big thing I think it was like oh three or or maybe even oh two but anyway I, I'm sure we've done that you know a few times but yeah this Vikings team man they're <laughs> they just wear you down. They have a great running game and then they have two really good receivers in Thielen and Diggs, uh, and a serviceable quarterback in and uh, Kirk Cousins. And uh yeah, against the Redskins last week last week it was just a field goal fest. Uh they've got one touchdown from Dalvin Cook and then everything else from both teams were just field goal, field goal, field goal. Um and that's just what that's what they want to do, That uh, especially against a team like us that I think they feel like they probably can run on with their offensive line and our depleted defensive line and, and front seven as a whole. I think that's going to be their game plan is, is a whole lot of Dalvin Cook. And unfortunately, we're going to have to play a lot better than we have against other teams in order to shut that down. Uh, and I could see this being a grounded-out game. I could see the Vikings holding to the ball for the majority of the game if we can't get off the field on third down. Um, so, yeah, we really need to come in prepared to shut that running game down and force the game into Kirk Cousins' hands. Yeah, plus with Thielen nicked up, I think we got a little bit of a a
2: reprieve there, whether he's back and, and not 100% or not there at all. That could be a huge difference in the game. I like uh, what Rashad Fenton's been showing. He's coming on. I hope Breland's all right. We'll see at the end of the week. Uh, we're not sure where that i is. is. I'm, I'm sitting here watching the team and looking at what's out there. I know we talked about it early in the season. Um, EJ Gaines is going to be healthy soon, I think in another week or so. I'd like them to look in to see where he's at. But also, if I'm (laughs) Brett Veach, I'm calling Obi Malafonu's agent today and going, We want you on our roster in a uniform, spilling the beans about everything you know about Bill and the Patriots and what's going on over there because you're 6'4, 225. You can flat out fly, you got long arms. You played with Tynal, you know each other pretty well, and you know what, you can't hurt us as being an additional guy back there in the secondary playing safety for us instead of having Dan chasing people around. I like Sorensen in the box. When he's back there trying to cover guys, it flat out scares me. It makes me really concerned. And I I feel like had he been back there on a couple of those plays, maybe Aaron Jones doesn't break things off and just go for it, you know, and doesn't get just tearing down the field. Because even Matthew, you know, as quick as he's been in his days – isn't as fast as he once was he's not chasing down an aaron jones or or a dalvin cook from behind if obi's 10 yards
3: deeper than dalvin
2: he's not getting to the end
3: zone no i agree with you obi is definitely a big body guy that is a is a box safety and uh that'd be a great addition to our team if if we want to give him a call and he's also a former raider so maybe he has some intel there as well i know it was a different coaching staff but hey sure you know any intel helps but yeah man uh i'm really actually kind of excited and hopefully we see another performance like we did against the Packers. But Damian Wilson looked like a man possessed yeah. uh, at certain times on the field. And I was really pleased with his performance. And it's great to have Anthony Hitchens back. Um, he seems to be back to his normal self. So hopefully with our two linebackers in the box and and we can have them kind of free roaming with Derek Nottie, uh eating up some blocks from the O-line, I, hopefully these guys can run free and really shut down Dalvin Cook for maybe, you know, I would love to see like a two and a half yard average from him. Yeah, I'm a former player. You're a current coach. Uh, is it interesting how hand-in-hand in hand those two things go,
2: Hitchens being available, and how much it affects how good <laughs> Wilson is and how much of a different player he is with Hitch out yeah. there? People, it makes a big difference. 100%. You're complaining about Hitchens, some of you? Lighten up. You're missing the point here. You're missing the You're missing the real crux of what's going on. When Hitchens is out there, it's a better defense because the way he affects other guys. Mm-hmm. When we get Eric Fisher back, the offensive line is going to be better. A lot of people haven't been on Eric's good side the last couple of years because they think he's the same guy we drafted. He's not. He's much better. He's a good tackle in this league, and we're missing him. Uh, we are missing two, sometimes three of our offensive linemen last week because Larry had some issues as well. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and it shows, man. It's I mean, you can't get a consistent anything going when you start having depletion along the offensive line. You have depletion along the defensive line, so... As admirable as the backups have been playing, guys get tired. Guys get gassed when they don't get a chance to have a break. And you chase Aaron Rodgers around a grocery store for 10 minutes and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. Try to catch Dalvin Cook in a straight rip down the aisle and see what happens. It's just it's not fun. After a while, people are like, oh, look at that guy. That guy's slow. No, he's not slow. He's fast, but the other guy is incredibly fast. It's like Tyreek and anybody else. Look at what McCole did to them on that little... (laughs) Shovel pass. I love that Matt. That uh, Matt got all the yards. <laughs> that was that was a good old fashioned Jim Kelly hit Thurman in the flats and let him run eighty yards <laughs>
3: play. It was just like, oh, and he's off, and he go. Yeah, he's that fast. Okay, good. Any questions, anyone? Yeah, that plays one hundred percent a quarterback's best friend because if it goes big, you get all the yardage, and if it falls, it's not a fumble; it's an incomplete pass. No harm done. That is, it's such a beautiful play. I love it. Or if you look straight ahead and the guys are crossing, and you try to throw it a little bit early
2: to the defensive tackle who's busting through the line, Baker Mayfield, maybe don't put it right in that guy's breadbasket. I couldn't believe. It's like It was like the same day, polar opposites. This is how great it can go, and this is how bad it can go. Just like that. Like, don't, when you look up and you see the other team's jersey coming at you, don't let the ball go. Pull it down, <laughs> run away if you're fast, curl up in the fetal position if you're not fast. Chad Henney. Steelers in the preseason. get on the ball. Don't try to pick it up from your knees. You're not outrunning anyone from that position. It's not going to happen. Oh, but uh, that's another thing. We're getting Chad back,
3: possibly. He hasn't been here. I think he's got an exemption right now. What do you think is going to go on there? Man, you know, I, I still like Kyle Schirmer. I, I've liked him since... We signed him as an undrafted free agent. I like Henny. I think he's fine. He's a veteran, but that's—I mean—there's a reason we got Matt Moore in there. So to back up Henny or to back up Moore, I'd still like to see Kyle Schirmer active. Um, I don't know. I d- I'm just not a big fan of Henny. I like him. I think he's a solid player. He's had a decent backup career. Uh, backup career. But give me Matt Moore and Kyle Schirmer, and I, I trust those guys. Yeah, and it was last week was the first time. I mean, the first week was was Denver.
2: It was partway through the game, so you're kind of you're, you're hamstrung. You're getting what you're getting. But last week watching the game, I was just, earlier on, had been all in on Kyle Shermer. Let's make Kyle the backup, even though it's a young guy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then watching last week, and I was just like, mm, there's a couple things Green Bay's doing. A rookie would be all jacked up. It would not be good. <laughs> Matt's seen all of this before, and he was, a couple of them, he was just getting the ball off before he got destroyed. But he knew what was going to happen on the other end of the pass. And I don't know, man. Um, I didn't see a lot of... Right. Shermer's tape, because it's only really short clips. I know he did uh, eclipse all of Jay Cutler's records at Vanderbilt, which is amazing that he didn't even get a sniff at the draft. That that just blows me away. I'm like, okay, but Jay Cutler, per Mike Mayock, was, had to be a first-rounder and should be the top pick of the draft, but Kyle Schirmer doesn't get a look, and he's just blowing the guy's numbers out of the water. I don't understand that. But uh, I do like what Kyle brings. I think he's a great young guy to bring along, and I think uh, there's a little more wisdom In our camp and in Patrick's own mind as far as taking care of himself. Although I loved seeing he was so pissed. (laughs) He was so mad. He wanted to be in there so bad. You could just see it. I'm like, that's our quarterback. That's the guy that's going to lead us for the next 15 to 20 years if he stays healthy. And he wants to be out there. He's like chomping at the bit. There's no, there's no, "Ah, that's just another week. I'm making my paycheck. It's like, no, no. And, and at the end of the game, the uh, the penalty on Graham, uh, he jumped off sides and then mushed a guy right in the face, right like illegal hands in the face immediately, and the ref flags it. And everybody's like just walking off the field. He's like, no, no, get back up. There's a flag. There's a... And then the refs talk for a minute, and they come out, and there's no flag in the play. I'm like, okay, I see what you guys are doing. I get it. You just want to get out of the building. You don't want anybody to get hurt. But Patrick's right. But, but I don't care because it's not going to make a difference. But I love that he did that. I love that his reaction was not, let's just go home. It was, if there's any way to get another score and prolong this thing, let's do it. That was his mentality. Okay, we know where he stands. He wants to win with capital W-I-N. So I'm all in on that guy.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. His leadership skills are so far beyond his years. It's really impressive. And he's, I think, not just on-the-field talent, but just his off-the-field talent presence and the fact that he does want to be out there and he wants to turn this not really even turn this franchise around Mm -hmm. because it's not like we're we've been a poor organization um but get this team over the hump and really and bring home those lombardis bring home those lamar hunts uh you know i I love it he's bought in and he's getting the guys to rally around him And the and when he's on the field we're just a better team i mean i guarantee you in the film room matt moore's Uh, performance as much as it should be credited to Matt Moore himself should probably be credited to Mahomes because you know in the film where Mahomes is with him studying with him telling him where to look where to go and I I don't know I want to credit him I feel like I probably credit Mahomes for too much but you know I think he definitely deserves some credit for Matt Moore's performance yeah I think Matt Moore's experience and knowledge of what defenses
2: might throw at him or put in front of him combined with Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. Cheetah-like quick learning of the offensive playbook that Andy Reid has and just his awareness of where everything goes on every given down on any given defense. <laughs> I did a little comparison on the numbers on the tweet last week. It was funny because the only number that was off was uh, Travis's 87 and their tight ends were 89 and 80. Fasano and and uh, Julius Thomas, but everybody else was 10 was <laughs> Stills and Hill. 14 was Landry and um. Sammy Watkins, yeah. eleven was Parker. Like there it was the same numbers across the board, and Damian Wilson was even the same guy. Twenty six and twenty six <laughs> was the same dude. So it's just kind of like got to be surreal a little bit for Matt Moore, but everybody's a little faster. That's kind of weird, you know. Yeah, it's like a sure. new universe, and the r- uniforms are a different color, and everyone's a little quicker. It's like cool. So this is what full Madden mode is like. All right, cool, awesome. But yeah, I'm excited about this week. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna give him what for. Uh, I think we got a good matchup. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be another watermark for the team. I mean, we still don't know what's going on with Pat. If Patrick's going to be back or not, all signs are kind of pointing to it's a possibility, but probably not. And honestly, I mean, I'm in the camp of if they do think he can go, but they're not sure health-wise and stability-wise and all that stuff, I wouldn't be 100% against putting him in uniform but on the sideline. But that said, you know, he's that kind of rabid beast that if you, if you let him dress, he might get yeah. out there when he's not ready. You know, it might be like just no hoodie, sweatpants, <laughs> hide his helmet. <laughs> he seems the kind of that guy. I'm really looking forward to it, though. Any thoughts on uh, players you think are going to shine and step up this week?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if Matt Moore can keep it going whether or not he was a one-hit wonder. I wonder if we're going to maybe crash back down to earth a little bit. Um, I hope not. I, I trust him after last week. I mean, it wasn't like he had a few good drives. Like, he looked good the entire game, didn't turn the ball over, uh, only sacked a couple times. So um, I'm going to be looking for Matt Moore to step up his game even more because we do need this win. It's getting to the point where now if, if we keep losing, you know, it's, it's going to be a race for the division when it really shouldn't be. So definitely Matt Moore, and I just want to see that O-line keep him upright. And honestly, I want to see Shady – kind of step up and kind of make up for his his blunders here. And I'd like to see maybe a century mark from him and, and at least one score and, and definitely zero fumbles. Yeah, I want to see no turnovers. Well, first of all, I just want
2: to say in Matt's defense, it would be a twofer, not a onefer, because he did actually – play pretty well against Denver. That's true. Considering uh, when you brought him off the bench, I think I made the comment that, was he rusty? Uh, well, if he shook him, it would have sounded like a box of cornflakes. So yeah, he was <laughs> he was pretty rusty coming off the bench in Denver. And he looked a little rusty starting the game against Green Bay. That's why they jumped out to that quick start. But then it just clicked after he got, you know, rocked a couple times and it was just like, oh, okay, we're playing football. Let's go. Yeah, I would like to see a little faster start, no turnovers. And to be fair, that Packer game, we easily could have been talking about a win. We don't fumble the ball and catch those two interceptions... I don't think we're losing that football game. I don't care how much magic Aaron <laughs> pulled, but we were probably not losing that football game. I had only one little gripe with the refs. They were pretty good. They kind of just let everybody play football most of the night. But they had gotten Rodgers twice on delay of game because he likes to take a long look. Mm-hmm. And deep in their territory, on that last, after we punted on that last drive, the clocks went double zero. There was third and five. The clocks went double zero. Pause. Snap. Six-yard run for a first down. I'm like... That's when you need to be looking for that. <laughs> That's the moment right there because get, I'm not saying that we would have stopped him for sure. There's no guarantee, but we did get to the guy six times. We are at home, so the crowd's going to be going nuts. And if we just put him in a position where it was third and 11 instead of third and five, coming off of a sack, maybe he's getting up a little slow. Maybe his line's a little shook. Maybe the crowd's a little crazy now. Maybe we get him for a safety. Maybe we get points and the ball. You know, maybe we go in and win on the next, you know, drive. Who knows? We'll never know. But again, the team did admirably. I don't like that uh, wins that are, that are losses. That what do they call them? Uh, a moral victory. Moral, mo- yeah. <laughs> There's no moral victory in in a loss. You can feel proud. You can hold your head high when you lose to a better opponent, or when you leave it all out on the field and it doesn't work out. Because you know what? It's mano a mano. You're you're putting your best out there. They're putting their best out there. And I was not embarrassed for our guys. I felt like, you know what, they gave it everything they had, and they almost came out with a W. I think they can do it this week. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what happens, see how it all plays out. Uh, the coaching matchup is a little tighter. You know, Zim's got uh, some ears. <laughs> Zim's not Malafleur. He's not going to be over there going, I wonder what defense I should do now. It's going to be like he's probably going to be pretty uh, Jedi Zen over there, calling like three defenses ahead on the, on the play call. So we'll see how he matches up against Andy and uh, I hope somebody's watching the clock for him because I think Andy always needs that one guy that's back there going, "Hey coach, just just a little you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um any last thoughts for this game for this week for the for the rest of the season? I mean, I'm looking ahead and the next two games after this, I still feel like Tennessee and the Chargers are largely dumpster fires. They don't throw a lot of fear in my heart. I feel like we could go in there with Matt and if he plays like he did against Green Bay and Denver, I think we're golden. I think, you know, they'll be closer than they should be, but I think we get two wins there. And Patrick Mahomes is definitely gonna be back for the Raiders at home. Hungry. (laughs) That's not none of that is good for Oakland. None of it is good for Oakland. This will be the real last game against the Oakland Raiders. Last year's
3: last game against the Oakland Raiders was really good. I think this game will be better. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I would I would love to see us get a win here. I think we can get a win. Yeah, the coaching's a little bit better, but I think the team that we played in the Packers are a better team. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a balancing act there. But, yeah, I do think that we can beat the Vikings. I think we have a very good shot at it, even with all the guys we have hurt. And, yes, let's get Mahomes back. Uh, let's solidify our dominance in the AFC West. Uh, not to look too far ahead, but I'm with you. I'm ready to see Mahomes back on the field, but hopefully – uh, you know, he takes his time and gets gets fully healthy, and Matt Moore can get us a win against the Vikings. I think he can, and I think we will. Nice. Well,
2: I'm glad to have you back on the Red Friday Roundtable, brother. Good luck with the playoffs with your team.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good to be back, man.
2: And today, Chiefs Kingdom, we have a little treat for you. We were going to wait a couple of weeks into the season until we uh, renewed our conversation, but we have Hong Forrest on today to talk a little bit about last week and how things went and to give her a prediction for this week coming up against the Minnesota Vikings. How are you doing today, Hong?
4: I am doing great. Thanks for having me back so soon. How are you doing? I'm doing
2: all right. I'm doing all right. It felt uh, apropos because you know we did talk a lot about this week's past game, and uh, you know I wanted to touch base with you and see what your thoughts were and your observations on what went on. And uh, next couple of weeks I'll be talking to... Some other special guests, hopefully, we'll see. We have to lock those in first. I don't want to let the cats out of the bag yet. How did you feel when you watched the game this past week?
4: I felt good after the first... Well, I'd say it didn't feel good right away. I felt a little worried watching the uh, Packers on those first two dry- scoring drives of theirs, and that was a little bit unnerving. Uh-huh. However, after we got our feet wet, so to speak, and started to get into the groove of things, it really felt amazing to watch mm-hmm. th- just everything unfold, watch everything come together, watch and see that what we pre- how we performed and what we did in Denver perhaps was not a fluke, and that this really is coming together for us.
2: Yeah, there's something about that, letting them out to a 14 nothing lead. And then at halftime, you're looking at its scoreboard, and it's 17-14 for us. And you're like, wait a minute. So, <laughs> at the end of the game, it took all of his Aaron Rodgersness, two dropped interceptions, and a fumble by us for them to beat us by one score? And the plays that he was making were a stern reminder to me um, how good we have it right now. Because I've forgotten what it feels like to have somebody else's quarterback doing those things to us that our quarterback does to other teams every given week when he's healthy. And it really made me, I mean, I didn't think it was possible, but it made me appreciate Patrick Mahomes even more, if that makes any sense at all. No, it was a great great team effort, and uh, I really feel like we have a great shot going into this week. There were a couple of big plays that were given up, but following up, Nine sacks with five sacks against the quarterback as as agile and nimble as Aaron Rodgers was pretty impressive.
4: Very, very much so. And I think, yeah, you took those words right out of my mouth with watching Aaron do what we have become so accustomed to watching Patrick do at his level. And uh, I, there was I did not think that that would be catchable. I was like, oh, look, he's throwing it away. And then it just landed just right and was caught just perfectly. I could not believe that. It blew me away.
2: <laughs> there was a rebroadcast on yesterday, and I caught the very tail end of it again. And I just it kind of – I'm trying to let not bother me because it was mostly a well-officiated affair. The refs kind of just let the guys play. There were the two moments that bothered me were the uh, – when we first punted to them on their last drive – we had five. We had three timeouts left with five minutes. I, hundred percent of the time, I'm like, "Go for it, Andy. Trust the defense. You got to give him a chance." And I think down the stretch, that's going to help us a lot because he's showing faith in the defense right now. And that's even without a lot of starters that are injured right now. When those guys come back and we start, and they're still gelling. That's the thing. This is the truest sack nation that I think we're seeing so far. Even though we led the league last year in sacks. This Just the pure sack-getting ability of these stunts and blitzes and things that Spags is putting in there is really impressive. But I didn't like the fact that we went down there after the punt, and a third and five inside the red zone, Aaron lets the clock run down. And he'd been called twice in the game for a delay of game. And it hit double zeros before they snap it, and then get six yards on a first down. I'm like, that should be the moment you're really looking for. That as a ref, that bugged me. And then uh, flag on Jimmy Graham for false start and hands to the face when he mushed our DB. And Patrick's fired up and go, look, this is the flag. And I talked about this with the uh, talent just before we got on together here. And um, you know, the ref just came out and said, "There's no flag." Wind the clock. Like that's 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 not cool. But it's like, you know what? It's okay. It's
4: there was a flag. I mean uh-huh. you blew yeah. your whistle. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's on camera. We see the guy right we saw what happened, and we saw the ref wing the flag out and now it's just pretend that didn't happen again. I'm like, oh, okay. That's not fun. But uh, other than that...
4: That being said, though, I mean, I think we did play a fairly clean game, which was I sure. was hoping to see a bit of that. And I think it came out that way. And then, yes, I was very pr- fairly pleased that on that side of the game as well, that the refs... It was a fairly great game being called all the way around.
3: Yeah.
2: You did say... You did mention before we came on live, though. You agree with me? There are no, There are no moral victories. This is a loss and it stings a little bit but you know what it could have been a lot worse Oh
4: absolutely it was anything
2: like most of the prognosticators were talking about Now going into this week what are your thoughts
4: Uh going into this week I am wondering if Kirk Cousins is going to Kirk Cousins this game if this is going to be the week that he's going to Kirk Cousins it <laughs> So it's right. he I think I mentioned this when we chatted last time that he ha- is a great a quarterback. He has done a phenomenal job so far this season. However, I think we've seen history uh, of his of just of his timeline that there just comes a point where things just don't go as well for Kirk Cousins and this could be it however he was just named you probably saw this but he was just named the NFC player of the month the offensive player of the month so
2: oh I didn't see that but yeah he had a number of good games right the Washington one notwithstanding
4: right so I am looking to see for this weekend if he will continue to play well or if this will be the game that we really get into his head somehow and I'm looking forward to seeing if, as we know, Patrick Mahomes still day-to-day. I think it's a little bit aggressive if he mm-hmm. does come back this weekend, and if he does play, if he does start. However, uh, yeah. if we are going to go with uh, Matt Moore, I'm going looking forward to seeing if he can keep us competitive against this defense. I'm looking forward to seeing if he can allow Patrick to continue to have a little bit more of that rest that his legs need according to the medical team. Maybe not necessarily according to Patrick Mahomes.
2: Right, of course, because every you know, starter wants to play. I think that uh, a second week of getting the lion's share, if not all, of the starter reps is be huge for Matt. Um, he's come a long way really fast. I mean, he had to shake the rust off in the Denver game, obviously, and he got off to a slow start against the pack, but then really got things moving. And the fact that he's totally comfortable just getting the ball into the hands of the playmakers and letting them do what they can do because we have a crazy amount of speed on this team. It's fantastic to watch. I think whatever happens in this game, um, if the Vikings play the way they played against the Redskins, they're not going to beat us, first of all. That's not going to be good enough. I agree. Um, secondly you we were talking about Kirk Cousins pulling a Kirk Cousins you mean like find it kind of vanishing off of the football map for a week which is kind of what he does once in a while every year you know every second or third game it seemed this has been his longest run of consistently good play
4: it sure has and I've been shocked yeah
2: I mean that said the the Washington game was not great there's a bit of weather but uh, it's supposed to be sunny yeah sunny and clear I think on uh, Sunday a little cold. Um, I don't think our defense is a flash in the pan or a mirage. I think it's really coming together. And if we play the way we played against Green Bay, Kirk Cousins isn't going to be able to pull it out. He's not Aaron Rodgers, and it took everything Aaron had in the tank and a little bit of luck for them to beat us by one score. I think uh, as long as we don't get off too slow of a start and as long as we don't give the ball away. Shady, I'm looking at you, buddy. That's two games now. (laughs) This game and the Colts game. Andy says it's not part of your repertoire. Let's make sure it's not. Okay, we went from having a guy that got chased out of town that never fumbled the ball. Hunt had no fumbles in his high school or college career. Fumbled oh. his first carry ever and then just tore a strip off of the league for weeks and weeks. Of course, we all know how that went down. And he's not with us anymore, but
4: I know. Going from
2: <laughs> that to a guy that's carrying it around like he's delivering the mail. It's a little bit it's a little bit uh, scary. Okay. there's no christmas gifts in that football just tuck it away and hang on to it like it's your last stick of butter and you're making mac and cheese tonight okay oh
4: my goodness so, <laughs> what an analogy uh, i'm looking
2: forward to yeah i'm looking forward to a good matchup dalvin cook is a very good running back excellent running back but i don't think that aaron jones is any slouch either and they have aaron jones and jamal williams in green bay madison who is uh Dalvin's backup is also a very good running back. He's got some really nice burst. So when Dalvin goes off, we got to be careful not to uh, get complacent about the backup, thinking it's just going to be a pass or something. Because that kid, he lost 40 yards in penalties that were taken away. 40 yards that were taken away on nice little strip runs, That, which is a good thing for us if that happens in this game, that maybe, maybe Minnesota's not as disciplined on O as they could be. And that could benefit us in some way, shape, or form. I'm just hoping we get after him and maybe we get into his head a little bit and take the ball away a couple of times and actually hang on to it this time, Breland. I'm not even going to give the honey badger a hard time because if he would have caught that, that would have been one of the catches <laughs> of the year. Because the fact that he got his hands on that ball was incredible. And I was just like, if we just go,
3: go just catch yes. oh, okay. <laughs>
2: Why couldn't we have that one? But... Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to get the ball away from a couple times this week. What are your thoughts? You think the crowd's going to get in there?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really think Kirk Cousins, he hangs on the ball for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's going to play into our favor. And I think we're going to count on Kirk Cousins being a great part of our defense on Sunday. <laughs> so I think it's going to be very interesting to see what can happen. Because when we played uh, last week against the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, he hangs on to the ball for quite a while also. However, Kirk Cousins hangs on to it even longer. So I think that just gives our our, our defense that opportunity to really see what happens there in the pocket and really come after him. So I'm really counting on our defense to really is banged up as we were. But they like you said, they've they've just really started to come together, really started to gel. It's not a fluke, happy accident to what happened the last two weeks here mm-hmm. that we can really come and show them what um what we are capable of continuing to do. I'm a little bit worried about Dobbin Cook. I'm a little bit worried about sure. the speed of some of their uh their receivers and their backs here. However, I think that if we can uh, adjust a few things in those areas after seeing what happened last week in, with Green Bay, right. I think we could really, really hold our own and come out of this game. This is a winnable game, in my opinion, as well. I think it's winnable, especially seeing what Matt Moore is capable of doing after you know nearly two years of not. Uh, not starting a game, I think it's a winnable football game coming through and seeing this. Um, I Whether Patrick Mahomes is ready to come back or not, I don't think that's an issue because we can see our faith and our belief in Matt Moore, what he's capable of doing. I think that, that he has shown us that he is more than capable of doing whatever it takes from his side to be able to carry us Uh, as far as he can possibly carry us.
2: Yeah. This is definitely the most competitive of the next three, I believe. Not that any game is a a gimme, but it's going to be the toughest test. I think the holding of the ball by Rodgers and Cousins is pretty close to the same. It's just uh, Cousins is a little more statuesque about it. He kind of gives you a target, and Aaron kind of moves around all over the place, and it feels like Mm -hmm. he's back there forever. And sometimes he does stretch the play out a little bit, but, yeah, it's – you kind of, you can kind of get Kirk's eyes to kind of come down to the defensive pass rush if you get into his head a little bit. Aaron's like, nope, I don't even. You're not even there. I'm, yeah. Where's my guy? Where's my guy? So I think that could be a big thing. We got Fisher practicing limited this week. We've got Chris Jones and Fuller limited practice this week. We have got Andrew Wiley full mm-hmm. participant. So that's huge. We got some key guys that could be coming back this week. It's only going to get better. Chiefs Kingdom. Stay positive. Hang in there. we still got a lead, I think a game and a half lead on the Raiders right now. And guess who we get right out of the bye week when Patrick will definitely be back and ready to roll the Raiders in our house. So we're looking good. That's right. We can go on the road and beat anybody with the squad. I'm not worried about home field advantage. It would be nice, but apparently maybe this year wouldn't be so nice because we're just having a tough time at home. But uh, let's work on that. Shall we, Chiefs Kingdom? Let's get some noise going there. Let's make sure that that quarterback can't hear himself think this Sunday. Looking forward to the game. Enjoy the game with your fam. Hong, it was a pleasure to have you on again.
4: Thank you so much. And actually, I'm going to be contributing to the noise factor this Sunday. I will be at Arrowhead for this game.
2: That's awesome. Everybody I'm talking to is going (laughs) to this game. This is the one they're all going to. So I'm like, I'm going to try to get to the one on the road at the Titans because it's closer. Yes,
4: there you go. uh,
2: We'll see what happens. I'll go there and make some noise, especially if Patrick's going to be back. I mean, that's like a, that's going to be a really demanded ticket. And I'm sure that the Kingdom's is going to travel well to that game. It's been an interesting week. It's been a challenging week. It sucks to lose, but it's fun to win. I hope everyone out there in the kingdom had a great time yesterday at their Halloween celebrations, whether it was a party for adults or trick-or-treating with the little ones. Enjoy some candy. And I, for one dear listener, think we're going to win this week. Go, Chiefs. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back
1: and on the line. She is a sports anchor for Fox 47 in Minnesota, Miss Naomi Gray. Naomi, how's it going?
5: Hey, Ed, it's going pretty good. Just a cold Minnesota day here, chilling. So everything's, everything's all right on this end.
1: I definitely hear that. And obviously, you know, you got the Vikings playing well and that just happens to be the Chiefs' next opponent. So I wanted to make sure I could get, you know, get a little bit of knowledge from the other side because you do cover the team on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, I I just want to start off just right away. Uh, he was just named NFC Offensive Player of the Month, uh, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. How has he been able to make this transformation from where he started in the beginning of the season where there were question marks as to whether he would still be the quarterback even at this point right. in the season? to where he is now.
5: I mean, honestly, I think he got the spark lit under his behind from naysayers and even his own teammates, you know, a few weeks not a few weeks ago, about a month ago, you know, there was those moments where Thielen was speaking out and Diggs was speaking out. And I think that really just put everything in perspective for cousins and he knew that he had to change his style of play in order to f- for this team to succeed, and it's not often you see people make a transition that quickly and be that effective basically immediately. It's like, you know, the Vikings were in the media 24-7 when, you know, those two wide receivers began speaking out, and it literally took a quick, like, one-week turnover for Cousins to get things to go, and he's just been completely, completely off the charts since then, and obviously that's why he was named the NFC Player of the Month. He's just been stellar through the last four games He's been completely dominant, you know, because he like 78% of his passes. He has about like 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and just one interception. For him to be wrecking in those numbers after everything people were saying about him, I think that's just completely impressive. And the biggest test for him is just to keep that streak going and being and continue to be that great leader of his team's offense.
1: Yeah, like I said, um, just everything you were saying, just the whole big turnaround and the way the team now is coming into each game, they've – you know, they've kind of tra- changed the way you look at the NFC and the way they're stacking up. So just right. taking a closer look into the Vikings, and, you know, are, would you consider them a more of a run-first team, or are they still relying on Cousins now because of the confidence he has to really lead the charge?
5: You know what, Dalvin Cook is still being one of the guys in the field who's getting the most usage, obviously, because, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's that's how I see things are going with the Vikings. You know, they're more of an old-school team, so they're going to obviously have that run-first mentality. But now they've been able to prove that they do have a passing game and they do have targets outside of feeling and digs. So I think they're just utilizing whatever weapons are – the smartest to use at that given point but they're also being smart about cook they're not running him down there's also the rookie alexander madison who comes in for a few snaps and kind of relieves cooks and you know throughout different plays so i think that the vikings have you know constructed a really good recipe on their offense to be able to be effective on the run and through the air and you know we're seeing that play through They're they're becoming you know a completely equal team on offense. It's not just, oh, we're going to stick to the run, stick to the run. Because if you do that as a team, you know, defenses are going to be able to figure you out right away. And they're going up some t- against some tough defenses. In Philly, you know, the best run defense, they were able to climb through them and, you know, be able to utilize Diggs. He, he played lights out in that game so to have those other options and use those other weapons through the air is something that's really working out well for the Vikings and you know obviously like I said if it ain't broke don't fix they're going to keep seeing Cooks in on a lot of those plays obviously you know he does great he's one of the top rushers in the league so why not utilize him why back away from that you know you have to kind of tune out the people who are saying oh you can't just be a run heavy team it's going to bring you down but you know like I said they're going to stick with Cook and I think that it's a good idea for them obviously that's one of their their biggest strength on the team. But at the end of the day, they do have those other options through the air with those other weapons on their offense.
1: I definitely hear that. And you look on the other side of the ball, the defense has been playing well as well. The uh, The team has been pretty big with takeaways and, um, you know, obviously taking advantage of mistakes from the other team. When you look at their yeah. defense, who do you feel like is their their like core player that gets them going?
5: Um, definitely, Daniel Hunter has definitely been big for the team off the edge. He's been very huge. Obviously, everything Griffin as well, veteran. He's been there for like 10 seasons, so he's also very effective. But I feel like there's some plays that he kind of messes up on and doesn't really come through. There's a couple things that he needs to fix, but whenever a big play is happening, Daniel Hunter has been on the other side of it, and um, he's definitely a standout for them. He has about, like, eight sacks this season, I believe, and that's out of the team's 23, so he's obviously coming up big for them. Also, we, also the safety, Anthony Harris, he's been huge in the secondary for the team, so those are the guys like you have to continue to look out for whenever you're going up against this defense. Those guys are going to be the playmakers. They're the ones who are going to go out there and get the ball back in the offense's hand, and they've been completely effective throughout the game, and, yeah, those two guys are definitely the heart of the defense this season, I feel.
1: Okay, definitely. Now that defense has to go against the Chiefs offense, which has put up points pretty much every week. The Chiefs most likely will, will be without Patrick Mahomes again. So Matt mm-hmm. Moore will be at quarterback, but he did play well in the loss against the Packers. Do you think the mentality will change a bit knowing that Mahomes isn't going to be under center and it will be more?
5: Um. It definitely shifts things for the Vikings because, you know, you're obviously – you have less film there of this new guy. You know, you have last week, which could be effective because he went, he went against such a great Packers team. So you have that to go off of. But then there's also a mystery of, hmm, what could he be capable of? You know, like obviously everything that he went out and did on Sunday, you know, was it going to – I don't feel like it was clear enough for the team, so they definitely have to watch more out for the tricks And you know it's it's just it's it's a cloudy area for me. I was trying to dissect this and think about hmm, how could the Vikings figure this guy out? There's not much there for them to figure out. You know what I mean? The heart of this team's success comes from Patrick Mahomes for the take. So for him to be not under center on Sunday, it's gonna definitely be up to the Vikings defense to be able to decipher you know the tricks and the trade of this new quarterback coming in. Well, not he's still a veteran, but you know he's coming into this team as a relief to. Patrick Mahomes and I don't think that the Vikings may know exactly what to expect from him just yet but you know as long as they continue to play their game play true their style of play and they're a veteran defense that's been together for many years so I don't think that you know uh, this quarterback is going to come in and completely expose them or you know change the game up more than what's expected um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a cloudy, that's the clouded area. And I'm pretty really sure the Vikings feel the same as me as, um, we're just got to go out there and play our ball because we don't know what to expect from this guy, except the, the film, the little film that we do have from him on Sunday.
1: That's uh, definitely going to be the question mark. Even the chiefs, you know, we talk about like Chiefs fans are still, they're still not sure about more, you know, everyone's excited in regards to what he did filling in mm-hmm. last week. But moving forward, there's always going to be kind of these uh, question marks. How is he going to perform? How is he going to work with the wide receiver core? Which is, you know, when they do have Mahomes, they are electric. So it's going to right. be interesting to see how the Vikings are able to match up.
5: Exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not going to be a whole shift. It's just, you know, that one guy under center changing. So the obvious, you know, the offensive teams are still going to be the same. But chemistry plays a lot into um, those situations when, you know, your head guy is out. It's, it's can this quarterback come in and keep that chemistry going and are other teams going to be able to beat out what they have going on so yeah that like i said it's a complete question mark and it's just like i'm just anticipating sunday and seeing what he's capable of because like i said i only watched more for the first time on sunday as many people probably did and you know i know i know what to expect from the vikings defense but not sure what to expect from more and their whole offensive unit
1: Definitely, and there's going to be a lot of people watching this game. You have a 62 team taking on a 5-3 and three team. This game is going to be played in Kansas City. The Chiefs, for some reason, just cannot find a way to win at home this season. They have uh, all three of their losses at home. So the mm. uh, Vikings do have that going for them, if you want to talk right. about it from that point of view. Uh, now, I do want to actually ask about the, the last game the Vikings played. It was a big Thursday night game. I mean, I know the Redskins – well, and I'm going back to the Redskins game, I should say, with Adrian Peterson returning back to Minnesota. Can you just give us, like, a, you know, just being there, the energy of the crowd with Peterson on the other side going against the Vikings?
5: I mean, honestly, the minute he got to the field, he, he took his – he didn't even go to warm-ups. He just went straight to the crowd signing autographs, and there was signs all over for Peterson, and he, he might as well have been decked out in purple because that's just how it felt. It felt literally like he was home and it was something I never noticed, you know, realized could happen in a stadium that they had so much love for this guy, regardless of where he's ended up in his career post his tenure with the Vikings. So it just it was something amazing to witness and obviously all those guys, you know, the Vikings often they're full of young guys who watch Peterson and you know, guys like Cook who's who's now the present when I mean the future of what, you know, uh Adrian's legacy of what he created now now here's Cooks, you know Cooks. so he's kind of seeing Adrian on the field and just kind of mesmerizing and makes us see what he's capable of doing so that moment that they shared after the game was also something great to witness because it's just like wow this is really happening before our eyes this greatness and the fan love and like I said it seemed like he was just right back in purple there was no love lost at all and yeah the crowd welcomed him with open arms and he he did the same.
1: Okay, and it's safe to say there are Super Bowl thoughts already in uh, Minnesota for this team, especially uh, with how hot they've been lately.
5: Yeah. I mean, I I we from what I've heard, you know, we're we're mm. still mentally the media here, we're still kind of just focused on, hey, if if the season was to end right now, they would have a wild card spot. So there hasn't been much talk about the Super Bowl. He you know, the way Kirk Cousins is playing, if he was able to consistently go out, th- go out this way, he'll be great. He'll be great. And I feel like the Vikings have, you know, they had their NFC North opponents on the road already, and, you know, they were able to pull out that victory in Detroit, and they lost to the Bears and Packers away on the road. So now they have them at their, now they're going to have them coming up towards the end of their schedule at home. So that's the, that's something that's really in their advantage, and you know, they're in this new field. But it's still hard to talk about the Super Bowl when you have, you know, the Packers and you have the, the other side of the spectrum, the AFC, those, those contenders, those top mm-hmm. dogs there, too. And it's like, hmm, could the Vikings pull out victories over these teams in the AFC? And that's what's going to be, that's why, like, Sunday's game is really, really pivotal. And I think it's really going to define who the Vikings are. And we're going to see, you know, we're going to see, I feel like we might see playoff football. On Sunday, yeah. so of course we, we have more in, so it's a different dynamic without Patrick Mahomes. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. at the At the end of the day, so I think we're we're going to see what's expected from the Vikings in playoff football. So I think that's going to be a true test for them on Sunday. I can't I can't sit here and say yeah they definitely have a run at the Super Bowl because when you take you know you take a look and you see what else is going on around the league when you still have teams like the Forty ers who are undefeated and the Pats you know it's like oh we. They they have a lot they have a lot to catch up and do and they have to play consistent good football, you know. Even Thursday night's win. I I'll blame it on the quick turnaround when I was so shaky. The field goal unit got the most the most action in that game. So it's those wins those wins it's gonna happen, but you know, they're they're also not wins you wanna see happen towards the second half of the season. So the Vikings are gonna have to kick it into full gear before anybody starts talking about the Super Bowl.
1: I definitely hear that, and obviously it's the halfway point of the season, so just when you start making your thoughts, looking at wild card standing, you start looking at where you're placed in the division, so all that's going to be talked about, especially this Sunday. Uh, right. Naomi, before you go, can you just uh, share with everybody, you know, your social media or any stories that you can check out on um, on Fox 47?
5: Yeah, any of my stories is all on myfox47.com. I have a series, Inside the lines. that's in the tab you'll be – easily able to find that at both my social media, Instagram and Twitter is at Naomi Gray TV. easy find, so follow me chop it up with me, Sunday if you want to tweet at me and discuss the game I'll be there doing that, so yep
1: yeah. Alright, definitely make sure to follow her, Naomi thank you for being a guest and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show soon, you never know, this could be a Super Bowl preview, so a story you out
5: never there. know, Any, anything is possible in this league. anything is possible
1: definitely is thank you and I'll take care
5: all right bye-bye
6: what's going on everybody this is John Dillon with Chiefs Wire and today we're going to talk about some of the history between the Chiefs and their upcoming opponent the Minnesota Vikings obviously the biggest game these these teams have ever played was the Super Bowl back in 1970 so that would have been the 1969 season both teams were really, you know, powerhouses for the time. On the Chiefs side, they had, shoot, I think it was nine AFL All-Stars. So this was, you know, way back when it was it was two separate leagues. You had the American Football League and then the National Football League. And actually, it was the year after that, that Super Bowl that they merged into the NFL that we know today. But either way, yeah, the Vikings had, you know, a really vaunted defense. You know, they called them the Purple p pe- purple people eaters back in the day, you know, had some had some pretty big names, you know, Alan Page, Carl Ellard, uh, Jim Marshall, uh, Gary Larson, you know, I mean, these are, uh, you know, not, not only some of the best players in Minnesota Vikings history, and obviously there have been a lot, you know, but also just generally some of the best of their era and, you know, in the history of the National Football League. So, the Chiefs won that game. Actually, if you go back, that was a pretty impressive season. They uh, they played a, a 14-game schedule, and they went 11-3. and It was uh, Lynn Dawson at quarterback, Hank Stram coaching, and, you know, they had some really big names. You know, they, they, they should ring a bell for Chiefs fans of all ages. You know, these are guys like Ed Budd, Curly Culp, Buck Buchanan, Bobby Bell, Willie Lanier. You know, I mean, these are... These are some of the the best players in Chiefs history, you know, guys that are on the the ring of honor at Arrowhead. So, you know, yeah, that that was a really iconic game, you know, and that the the Chiefs defense that year actually if you go back and you check out how those playoffs went, they didn't allow more than 7 points in any of the 3 games that they played. And their path to the Super Bowl was through the Defending Super Bowl champions, the the Jets, who had won it the previous year, and then they played the Raiders in the uh, championship round. You know, only let them score seven points, one touchdown, and obviously went ahead and advanced to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's 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 kind of the you know what what was going on with kind of the biggest game that these guys played, but. You know, and going back going back through the overall history of the matchup, not just that Super Bowl, the Chiefs are actually leading the series seven games to five, so there's there's no chance this week that that the Vikings could, you know, pull ahead in the overall series standings. But you know, it's a it's a pretty great, great matchup this week. Hopefully the Chiefs the Chiefs will have Patrick Mahomes back. If not, Matt Moore looked serviceable at least last week. The Vikings kind of have come on pretty strong these past couple weeks. Dalvin Cook is really looking like one of the best running backs in the game. Kirk Cousins, you know, love him or hate him, you know, there are times where he can be just u- uber productive, you know. And obviously, the the Chiefs are still healing up from some of those early season games. You know, guys like Frank Clark, Eric Fisher, you know, even obviously Patrick Mahomes. You know, I mean, they're 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 question marks for this week. You know, they've got. A buy coming up here in a couple weeks, so hopefully that'll help. But you know, this uh, looks like it's going to be a pretty good game, and you know, I think it's important to to explore some of the history. You know, remember remember how it used to be. You know what I mean? Way back in uh, nineteen seventy. So either way, that that's that's what I've got for you this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a good one, y'all. For everyone at
1: Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.